0: <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, as a, as we were praying, I just felt the love of God so heavily. God is too good not to be praised. He's g- too good not to be here and just to be in fellowship with him and just to be one with him. He's too good not to love on him. I mean, I know personally, recently my dad's been in and out of the hospital, been having some situations going on, but every time, like, God just performs a miracle, and he's not done with him. and just that alone, like, I always give him praise for that, because if you knew where my dad came from, if you knew where I came from, that alone is just amazing, like, God has given us an amazing testimony, and not only that to praise him, but just because of how good he is, just of who he is in general, and so, That's what's been on my heart, just the love of God and just worshiping him and praising him because he deserves all the glory and all the honor.
1: Thank you. Thank you, sister. Sister Kayla, I won't make you go tonight. You, You all can go, and if we see other kids, we'll direct them up to you. Brother Manuel, why don't you come and testify, if you would. Brother Manuel is a birthday boy today.
2: Praise the Lord. Just like Sister was saying, God has really been too good to us. When we, you know, deserve, I mean, the worst, and, I mean, we, but I thank him that he pulled us out of the miry clay, and look where he placed us. In We're now in church praising him, worshiping him, giving him all the honor and the glory, when before we didn't even think about him. We just thought about the life that we had. But I thank God so much. I mean, I thank him. Like, like she was saying, uh, God has brought us out of... Uh, Really miry, miry clay. He had to stick his hand in there and get dirty. Can you imagine? God has to get his hand in there to pull me out of that. Now, how could I not praise him and worship him? And I don't do it to, to look good or nothing. I do it because, like Sister said, how good he has been to us. Today, Brother Adam and Sister, they blessed us. They made a little food and a cake and all that, a present. I mean, that's all God, God is doing all that to let us know he loves us. And we know, all of us, we know that God loves us. And that is why we come to his house to praise him, to worship him, to give you. I don't know, when I leave here, I, I live like, I don't know I just like a whole weight just came up just coming to church and being able being able it's a privilege that we get to be here to worship him to praise him and like I said he has done oh bishop he has done <laughs> you know a lot of people where they've come from probably you too and uh so it's it's a privilege to be able to just to be here in his house It's a great privilege, and I thank him for my wife that he blessed me with, the family that we have. I mean, yeah, we all go through, you know, some things that we go through, but we have him, and we just put our faith and our trust in him. Like the Bible says, in everything, give thanks to God. And he's always there with us. What did he say? He'll never leave us nor forsake us. I mean, that's enough for me, knowing that he will never leave. I don't care what I'm going through. I just trust and I have faith in him, and I believe his word, is truth. But I just want to thank God, and I thank God for all of you that are here. And, and I know God is doing something. There might not be many here, but there is many. If you knew how many angels was in this place right now and with us here, oh, my God, God, God is pleased just to see even a few of us, but, but He's pleased. Angels desire to be here to do, to, to praise Him like we praise Him like we worship Him. Can you imagine angels desire that? And that's why I thank him and he's just too awesome. I, I can't even explain it. The things that he does, you know He has done He has gotten out of us a message that we were in. How did it happen? We just trusted him, had faith in him. Wow, wow, but how did that happen? And we know it's God. He pulled us out, and uh, he's not going to let us go back to that mess. And that's what I thank him because he is so good, and, uh, uh, and he still keeps us out of all that mess. That's what's so good. And, uh, and his love for us, even though we're not perfect, can you imagine he still loves us? He still has that, like the prodigal son. Oh, the Lord's been putting that on me. <laughs> how when he came back, the father didn't say, oh, so you were out there, and Now, now you got tired of that life, and you want to come home? He just loved him. He just went, hugged him, and loved him, and that's how our God is. And uh, w- we make mistakes, but we don't need to let that uh bring us down. Like this preacher said, you're not a failure because you failed. You're not a failure. You failed, but you get up and you keep going. You keep trying again. And because a lot of people, oh, I can't believe I did that. Oh, God's going to be mad with me. He don't want me no more. Yes, he does. He He loves you no matter, no matter what, because who's not going to make mistakes? I mean, that's why sister and I, we repent before we go to bed I ask her to forgive me if I offended her in anything. She does the same. And we go to bed in peace because we repented because we don't know if we're going to wake up tomorrow. That's the thing about tomorrow is not promised to anybody. And I thank God for every day that he wakes us up for giving me another year in this world. And I I want him to use me for his kingdom. And and I, I guess that's why we're here. He has a purpose for each one of us. And I thank you, and God bless you. Amen. Amen. Why don't you
1: just uh, take a minute, close your eyes, and talk to the Lord again. I know we've prayed once at the start, but let's just talk to the Lord. Jesus, I love you. God, I'm thankful to you. I give you praise and glory. Jesus, I thank you for directing my day and for ordering my steps. God, I thank you that you would choose to allow me to be a part of your kingdom. You allow me to be a part of the work, God, that you're doing in this earth. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to look at Genesis chapter 5. I want to tell you something that is in the Bible. You might already know this, but the Lord impressed this on me and just want to share a little bit of what's here. Genesis chapter 5. The, the Genesis is called the book of Beginnings. It's the first book in the Bible, and it's how things got started. It records how, how our world got started, this earth, and all that's on this earth that we know and that we see. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, it says, this is the book of the generations of Adam. Now, it's common for key figures in the Bible to see uh, a, something like this. It starts off with who was the first one of that family, and then a lot of times we call them the begats. He begat so-and-so, and he begat so-and-so. It means the, the, the children, the generations, the, the, the history of the people. So it says this is the book of the generations of Adam, In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him. Everyone say him. The day that God created man. I'm going to turn back and look at it in just a minute in in chapter 1. I'm starting here because I think most of us have seen and heard what Genesis 1 says. But it's almost a retelling to the exact word here in Genesis chapter 5, this part of it. When God created men. it's how we got here. Now, there it says, when God created man. And it's not just talking about the one man named Adam. It's talking about when he created this species called man human beings when god created human beings now you can look <clears throat> genesis chapter 1 it records how all these things got here the 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 ground the trees the water the sky the bird the animal all of it and, and god it, it, the the writer takes the time to record how God created each of these things, but he specifies what happened and even what God was thinking, what God was saying when he created men. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. It does not say that when God created cows... In his likeness, he made cows. It doesn't say when he made trees, in his likeness, he made trees and nothing else. That's only you and I. It's only the human race that's created in the likeness of God. Now, it says it two ways He made him in his image, and he made him in his likeness. When he made us in his image, that means we look like him. I think I find that interesting because out of all the people in this room, no two of us really look a lot alike. I mean, I have a brother, and he's probably the person on the earth that I look the most like. But even he and I are not identical. So, we have to. Peel back, what does it mean to say that we are created in God's image? When you look at a human, hear me, when you look at a human, you see the image of God. You see what God would look like. We have legs, we have arms, we have a head, we have a torso. The image. And, it says, in his likeness. The attributes. That's a key word for what I'm feeling. The attributes of God. Similar to God. He made man. Everyone say, in his likeness. Now, the next verse... Verse 2, it says, Male and female created He them. Catch this, I know I'm going slow, I'm doing, slow, doing so on purpose. Male and female created He them. He did not make one species called man, and then decide, I'm going to try again, I'm going to make another species, and we'll call that one woman. When he created man, he created man, male and female. When he created zebras, or whatever similitude they had when they started, The horses, I don't know, donkey, mule, something like that. He created a male and a female. When he created seahorses in the ocean, he made them male and female. You know, I heard, I don't remember what it was. There's either a type of fruit or vegetable. You can pick it up and look at the bottom of it. And that shape tells you whether that's a male or a female. It's something in God's nature that when He creates, He creates male and female. In His likeness, say it again, His likeness. The attributes of God. He created man... And then he said, "It's not good for man to be alone." Ha <laughs> ha. Everything that God made. it is good. Made the trees. It's good. Made the sky. It's good. Made the cattle. they're good. Ooh, they're really good sometimes. Made the birds, they're good. Created the light. Spoke light. It's good. Created this thing called the earth. It's good. And then he called, he created a, a human. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. That's the one thing. Now, if we wanted to be facetious, I'd tell the women to look at the men and say, you're the one thing that God says not good. But he says it's not good for man to be alone. Another way that I would put that is, this creation is incomplete. Remember it says, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Why is that? Because now he is made complete. He's made whole. He is a whole creature when he is made the way that God intended for him to be made. My oldest son is 12 years old. No, he's 11. I I knew I was going to get that wrong. If he was here, I'd ask him. Now, I don't expect him to have a wife yet. Yet. You know, when he's 15, I'm still not going to be expecting him to have a wife. 17? I don't know, man. When he was 8, I didn't expect it. When the doctor said, you're going to have a boy, I didn't. I knew at some point, because as God ordained things... Well, one day, should God allow and tarry, that means if he waits long enough, then I expect my son to find a wife. When a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Now, I am not going to force that issue, not any time in the foreseeable future at least he's 35, 45, 55, we might be having some talks. Okay? But it just we're talking about we're talking about the Bible, okay? Talking about scripture. Talking about God. He made man in his image and his likeness. He made that man and said, it's not good for that man to be alone. Because I, as the creator, create things, male and female, to make them complete. Let us make him a help meat. Let's make up for the things that he's lacking. That's what that means. Create a help for him. He's not complete. He's not whole. So he completes the thought, because it says in both passages, Genesis 5 and Genesis 1, he created man in his image and his likeness, and male and female created he them. I have a reason for why I'm saying all this. I just haven't got there yet. I'm I'm getting there slowly. Male and female created He them and blessed them and called His name? The guy's name, right? One of them was named. No, it says called their name Adam. Would you believe it? When God looks at a married couple he sees one. Calls their name, Adam. Not, that, not you, Adam. You're a good example, though. Called their name, Adam. Because that's the man that I created. That is man that I created. Man... Is male and female. Man, according to nature, according to God's design, man is male and female. That alone is not sitting well with some people in 2020. Would you believe it? All we have done is read the Bible word for word. And people would say, No, 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 no. Oh, man, you're, you, are just, you are just all wrong. You are making me mad. You don't know what you're talking about. You forgot about. I'm just reading the Bible. He called their name Adam. We live in a fallen world. Okay? We live in a fallen world. The things about our society, our world, have digressed greatly from this picture. From I created man, male and female. Their name is Adam. And I don't have time to go through all of how we got here tonight, but we live in a fallen world. So much so that this world would disagree with what I just read. Flat out. I mean, I don't know all the numbers off the top of my head, but either if you believe what I just read... I I wouldn't go as far as to say that you're in the minority. But that number is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Simple. There is a God. Eh, We'll float that out there and see how many people agree with that. Simple. He created the heavens and the earth. Probably, maybe. How, How do you know? Can you prove it? and he created male and fe no i don't know about that it's not sitting well with me this is basic this is bible 101 right here If you cannot, oh, I'm feeling a lot of things right now. Just imagine being in a position where you cannot say what I just said for fear of offending someone, for fear of losing your job, for fear of being cast out of your family. For fear of losing a lifelong friend, simply because I believe what the Bible says, there's uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you can get up, you can go to your job tomorrow and say, "Guess what? I started a new religion, and we all wear plaid." Okay, that's just. Caleb being Caleb, he's weird. Keep doing your job, man. But you go in there to that same job and say, Well, I didn't start this religion, but there's a religion I believe, and it says that there's one God, and He created heaven and earth, and He created male and female. No, oh hey, 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 you better stop that if you want to keep this job. How is that? You better go back to being a plaid-ite. Because we're fine with that. You're not going to offend anybody. Now, I got this new, crazy, wild religion, and it causes me to wear obscenities on my shirt. I don't know. We're going to have to talk to HR about that one. That's kind of a thin line. No, I, I, just tell, I, I feel for, I, this is what I'm supposed to do. I I identify as someone who needs to wear this obscenity on my person. Yeah, you're getting, I don't know. But see, they won't just fire you. I promise you, they won't just fire you for something like that. Spent a lot of time in and around the HR world. And I know they don't just fire people for even very offensive things. But you take truth. You take the foundations of this country even. And say, that's just what I believe. That's what I stand on. We don't want you talking like that here. You're going to offend so-and-so. He created the male and female. Called their name Adam. Made them in his likeness. In the day when they were created. Now look at Genesis. Go back to chapter 1, verse 27, if you will. Genesis 1 and 27. I'll go back to verse 26. Genesis 1 and 26. So it's, a, it's very similar language as what we just read in Genesis chapter 5. God said, Let us make man in our image. I'm going to pause for just a second and just clarify the the hour. God said, because to, to us in our, what we know of English language, that sounds like a multiplicity. If I say, hey, let's all go get our coats, well, you think I'm talking about a group of people. It's ours. But Jesus, it, it, it wouldn't make, let me just complete that thought. If I said, let's all go get our coats, and then I went and got my coat. Well, clearly that's just one person. Well, the scripture says, let's make man in our image. He made them male and female. Not they. Not those gods made them. He made them. Okay. He said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth. Over all the earth. That's part of the image and likeness of of God is being the one that has dominion. You realize that, right? I mean, it wouldn't make much sense if God created men, man in his image and his likeness. But then he said, yep, but the turtles have dominion over all the earth. Or the oxen have dominion. Let them rule over. No. Part of the likeness and image is man gets the dominion. Over all the earth. And over every creeping thing. Now, again, he says it right here. In our image and in our likeness. Next verse. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God blessed them and said multiply. Be fruitful. This is the start. I just created the start and you're going to take this and go with it from there. And and be fruitful. Fill the earth with more man. Man. That was his plan. That was his design. Now, but I want to get to this. How many of you are married? Would you raise your hand if you're married in here tonight. The Lord was just talking to me about this this evening. Would you believe that there are attributes of your spouse that you need? Now, let me clarify, let me, let, me, let me make that plain. I'm not saying there are attributes of your spouse, spouse that you need to project and internalize and, and take on and start acting like them. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? Part of who they are makes you who you are. At least it should if it's done correctly. When God saw Brother Manuel, he said, ah, he's, he's missing some things. It's not good for him to be solo Manuel. I need to give him some more things. Now, also, likewise, when the Lord saw Sister Anna Maria, He said, Ah, oh, it's not good for her to be just, solo, only, her. She needs some things. She needs some attributes that she doesn't have yet. And let me put them together Let me join them so that he gets complete, so that she gets complete. Here's the fun part. Here's the fun part. There's also some things added in there that maybe are not even needed. I I shouldn't even say maybe. I know there are things. There's things about me That do not make my wife a better person. I'm just being honest. And vice versa. If you just pinpoint those particular things. But God sees the whole picture. And he knows. If I can just join this. We call it a union, right? We call it a a sacred union. I I got to looking at this word the other day, sanctity. I was not looking at it in the context of marriage. I was looking at it in the context of abortion and the sanctity of life. Because here's the thing. We hear terms like that the sanctity of life. Oh, he stands for the sanctity of life. She supports the sanctity of life. And then we hear terms like that and we, we take hold. And then we, if we're not careful, we turn around and use them without even really knowing what it means. So I found myself in a situation where I needed to tell someone that I believe in the sanctity of life. And I pumped the brakes because I thought, hang on, do I actually know what the sanctity part means? Or do I, am I just repeating that because I've heard it many times? So I got to looking at it, and there are, the, it, 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 it's essentially, here's the deal. Okay, I keep, it's funny. I hope you're doing all right tonight. I'm just trying to share what the Lord wants to give us. You try to take these things. It's almost like learning a second language and then you have to figure out how to translate. Sanctity is a word that has an element of religiosity to it. An element of faith. And if you try to use it in a context outside of that it does not translate. If I'm looking at a person who has told me left and right, up and down, I, there is no God. There is no God. And then I try to use a language that only pulls from a God-based understanding. All of a sudden, I feel myself at a uh, disadvantage. Because how am I going to relay the sanctity part of it? Sanctity means not that it's precious or holy to me, it means that it's precious and holy to him. He chose, he designed it to be this way. And so if I'm if I'm looking at someone that doesn't believe that he even is, it doesn't matter. I could say it's holy to that chair and it's going to have the same effect in that context to them. That nah, just negates it. That's the problem. We're trying to have secular conversation with religious context. It does not translate. I mean, you can, you can get by a lot of places in a lot of ways in a lot of discussions and conversations with that. But when you reach a point of confrontation, and I'm not talking about fighting and arguing and, you know, bickering. I'm talking about what you, your faith and what you profess reaches and meets a point where you have to choose. You can't explain your way out of faith. You can't explain your way into and out of God-based, Bible-based living. It's a choice. It's a decision. So, the likeness, the male, the female. It, pa- it causes me to pause. It causes me to reflect and look and evaluate myself. And you know what part of myself is? My spouse. And I'm looking at... I'm praying that people are hearing me tonight. We want to take every single issue and just compartmentalize and divide it down to such a degree I'm just I'm talking I'm talking to the United States of America in 2020 and the church the churches in the United States of America those that are in a society such as this where we would look at and say my spouse is the problem Or, not even necessarily that, but there is a problem with my spouse. Why don't you get your act together? Why are you the way that you are? What makes you act like that? Now, let me just pause and say, my wife's not here tonight, and, and I'm not trying to take advantage. Okay? No, I love her, and I need her. I appreciate all that she is. But see, we want to distance ourselves from the Bible-based understanding that we are one, and then we get to separate ourselves from the situation and say, let's just evaluate you. Let me talk to you about you. Or if you're not a talker, I'm just going to sit here and stew, thinking about all that's wrong with you. It's do about you. And in my mind, I could be sitting there thinking, why, why did you make my spouse this way? Oh, the Lord's telling us tonight why he made our spouses the way that he made them. Because he looks at them and he sees you and he looks at you and he sees them. And he doesn't separate the two. You hear, what, oh, the, you hear what your husband is saying? You, those words that are coming out of his mouth? You know, that's part of you talking. I don't talk like that. I don't say those words. I look at both of you and I see one. Well, she, yeah, but she just argue, argues and fights all the time and she's never happy. And you know what? That's you. I don't look at her and see her. I look at her and I see the two of you. And these attributes. See, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm focusing on the negative, it's a way to get people's attention. But it goes for the positive, too. See, I don't doubt that any of us that are married here could identify with something, maybe some issue, some, some recent or far in the past disagreement or activity, something that I just didn't like that. And we can, we can go there quickly, quickly. But now I say, tell me something that you love about your spouse. Well, uh, uh, See, we dwell on the negative. That's just our human tendencies. That's our human natures. And then when you finally can think of something that's positive about your spouse, let's survey whether or not how much of you is in that element. Well, I finally thought of something. Yeah, but you know what? That's just something that you like because it suits you. we need the truth we have to know the truth every aspect every element of it it's what is missing in this society it's what's missing i we i I had a this was several months ago when i was doing zooms over there i think it was on a tuesday night I didn't really intend or plan to do this, but the Lord just kind of said, like he's saying tonight, sit there and talk about what marriage looks like in the Bible, how I ordained it. I'll I'll tell you this story. I'm trying to come to a close here. If, you, if you've heard this, forgive me. Listen to it again. We do these anger management classes here throughout the week. And uh, it gets us really good and connected to a lot of people in the community. It lets people know that we're here, that we care, that we help, we want to help. And oftentimes, a situation that b- might bring someone into a setting like that is very domestically involved. You know, it's, it's much more common to need to sit in an anger management class because of something that's happening at home than something that happened at Walmart, right? So it's tied very closely to a lot of the principles that we're talking about here tonight. I, I had a, a person call and say, hey, I went through anger management, a few years ago. And it was good. I know. I, I remember the church. The church is there and helps people. I need marriage counseling now. Okay. Well, sure. We're open to that. We want to help. Just like we want to help with every, every area of somebody's life. We want, to, we want to see good, wholesome marriages, families. Now... If you have a great oh, if you have a great relationship with every single person at work, but then you go home and you don't get along, you, you need to stop and examine some things. Oh, I'm just I'm a different person when I'm at work. They're happy to see me, mm. and I get home and I'm grumpy and angry, and I just want to be alone. Preaching to myself here, okay? I'm not. I'm not picking on anybody. But if you, that that's what causes all this. And then it's uh, every every encounter, every interaction in the, in the negative home life, it just gets it seems to get worse and worse, or drives us further apart. Or the way we, only way we can get along is if we stay apart. But I, but I'm I'm best friends with all these people. And that's where I want to spend my time. And I get, go there to get away and... Lord, I'm not trying to meddle. I promise you. So this guy calls it, I need marriage counseling. I need to, I need to help. My, my wife doesn't want anything to do with me. She, she doesn't even want me home anymore. Okay. Well, let's, let's uh, examine some things. First of all, now here, here's what's funny. You start to take some things uh, for granted. Are you married? No. Pause. Time out. It's taken all of my effort and energy to not hang up the phone right now because you said you need marriage counseling because of you and your wife. Those terms mean something to me marriage, wife, husband. They mean something. Oh, no, she's actually still married to this other guy, and I think he's causing a lot of the problems. I, I appreciate, I'm not trying to be cynical or critical. I appreciate people who want to be right. People who want to get their lives together. That's good. That's what we're here for. Okay? So I'm not being critical. I'm not trying to be mean. But if you want to approach a problem from every other angle and aspect except head on, you're not going to fix the problem. Now, you can either acknowledge that now or you can continue. And just see how long the Lord lets you deal with that problem. So, we start there. Okay, you're not married, but you want marriage counseling. Well, let's just think about what you said for a minute. I need, I need, yeah, she, she's, uh, okay. Now, this, every time the Lord even makes me think about this, it's interesting to me. Because it is so common. I I said earlier, if you believe the Bible and this male and female thing, you're getting closer to a minority Again, I don't have these numbers and figures off the top of my head. I'm just looking at society. And I know that percentage of couples, couples, that's a secular term, who are not married, but do everything else that married couples do, that percentage... Is getting higher and higher and higher and higher and higher, and it's only going to continue to trend that way. You know why? Because what we are sitting here talking about, and and, and what the Lord is talking us to us about, is something that's true, and something that's holy. And what the enemy of this world wants to see is Everything that's true and everything that's holy fall apart. And he will tell you anything he needs to tell you. You don't have to get married. Look at so-and-so. They're not married. You don't need to. uh, Why don't you stand with me? I need you to help me out of this. We need the truth. You have to have a light that shines, you know. A a, a flashlight with no batteries is just a weapon. I got a scar right here from a flashlight. It was a weapon, I promise you. But see, that's we bishop said last week we need to be explainers teachers explainers what we what we just saw in the scripture we looked at two passages they said basically the same thing but they explain from the scripture the words of god they explain all that I need to know and be able to share with somebody else about man, about how many genders God created, it's there. That's pretty easy to explain, right? You start helping little kids with homework. What's one plus one? Well, I think there's a right answer. There is. It's two. Bishop, I need to turn this over to you.
3: There were two things that were coming to mind as you were talking when I, uh, let's just sit for just two minutes, two minutes. Um, I didn't know it in the beginning, but after my wife and I were married for some time, I spotted things in her life that seemed to be contrary to what I had in my life. And I'll say it this way. Uh, I was borderline selfish. And, of course, I look back through my genetics only to realize, oh, I came by it naturally. Oftentimes, people who are selfish and can't overcome it, if they're married, they end up divorced and my parents did, and uh, anyhow, uh, survival of the fittest, whatever, surviving growing up in the family unit of many children, uh, I think maybe that was a contributing factor, I don't know, but I, I, I saw myself, now I wouldn't have admitted it back then, I'm, I can do it now, I wouldn't have admitted to you back then that I was selfish. Uh, but, but my wife, she came from a family that seemed to be opposite of that. They gave the farm away. And so my wife was a very giving person, giving, giving. Like, wait, 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 there's a limit here. It, it runs out. You got to, you know, it's, it's great, great, but you got to stop somewhere And that was something in me crying out for preservation. But it borderlines in selfishness. And so here we have somebody trying to keep it and married to somebody trying to give it. (laughs) Thank God over time, she had greater influence on me. She didn't become less giving. I became less selfish, and once I began to move in the direction she lived in, wow! I life was different, and wow, that was that feels great. I want to let's do more of that. Matter of fact, I've pro, you know I go overboard and I'm extreme in everything. So I may have moved the bar too far and she went, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You'll run out. <laughs> but there really is the effect upon each other each other in that way. The other thing that came to me, and I want to share this with you, is the the union is more than human. It's divine. God created us. He created the institution of marriage. The family unit. It is divine. That means there are things that are of spirit nature. And I'm going to tell you one right now. My wife has been away for a week. Her sister, her younger sister, is her health is failing. She may not live for another week. She has three children. This is my, my wife's younger sister. She has three children, and one it can seem to do okay on his own. The other two, even though they are adults, uh, it's questionable whether they can make it on their own. And so she has become very engaged in the process of trying to help them get into a sustainable situation before her sister passes. Now, this is a tremendous weight. She has been going nonstop, day and night, with city situations, property situations that are upside down and in trouble. City wants it demolished. Uh, housing situations, social security situations, medical situations. She is in the thick of it every day. Now, we have talked at least once a day, and she shares with me and has begun to communicate with me a direction that she's feeling like there are no other options. We are going to be involved. Okay? This came out of nowhere. This, this surfaced for us a week ago. That we are looking at adjustments. And I, am, I have been waiting on the Lord and her communication to me as my other half. I truly see her and feel her as my other half. So no matter what I want to do or no matter what my plans have been for the future, she's my other half. And this is affecting her, so it's affecting me. I can't distance myself from it. This is happening to me. I'm okay with it. I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. I can see that we are going to make some adjustments, and I'm fine with that. He is ordering our steps. He is directing our way, and she and I are one. I can't say to her, well, that's your problem. You're going to have to go deal with that. I, that's, she's not my sister. I can't do that because she is my sister because I'm her. She's me. Now, let me tell you how this is affecting me. Sunday morning when I ministered in Selah, I became overwhelmed with emotions to the degree I almost couldn't speak for the tears and the sobbing and the whatever. I, I couldn't hardly communicate for this flood of emotions that came over me. Now, I know in part that I was ministering to some situations there, and I was just giving myself holy, right? But my wife watched the video later on, and she said she asked some questions about it. Were these... Feelings towards, you know, different people that you were talking to there, you know, because I think she was, she was wondering that maybe the, what I was feeling was equated to the th- stuff that she was going through. And I said to her, I said, honey, I, I don't know. It, I have been feeling grief, tremendous grief. And, I can't explain but I'm really emotional right now. Now, I will say to you this. In large part, I feel like my emotion, the emo I, I have I could cry over the last 4 or 5 days at any moment. Any moment and just there were, there were some days I was on the floor just sobbing. I was interceding, but I was also sobbing and feeling this grief, but it wasn't painful. It was getting something done. Grief, feeling grief while interceding and praying was accomplishing something that I'm associated with. I couldn't put my finger on exact details or anything, but I knew the the intercession was affecting or or being directed to scenarios, situations that I am connected to, and one of them is my wife and the situation that she is dealing with. It wasn't a... uh, What's interesting was... It wasn't due to the things that she was telling me. So it wasn't because of knowledge. But it was something between the two of us. And what was affecting her spirit was affecting my spirit. Now, it's an interesting time. Because there's more. There's more. I have been grieving over what's taking place in our country right now. Not so much the afflictions of COVID 19, but for the fraudulent behavior of mankind. And I am grieved at the liars. And that people are treating each other the way they're treating each other. Or at least some of them are. And so, boy, I, I don't mean to keep you, but, and I didn't know how far I wanted to take this. I, I have experienced times in life where God will allow me Information. I'll just quickly tell us a scenario. Joe Garcia made a trip down to Mexico to see his dad. His dad was sick. And they were making their last trip, or together. And his dad took him all over places associated to the broader family and would tell him stories, okay? Well... Joel came back from that, and I was at his house for three hours one night as he took me through the trip with pictures. And then he'd tell me the stories. And there were things that his dad was relaying to him about a time. And I'm thinking, why, why is he telling me all of this? And it went on for hours. But it was, it was talking to me. It was talking to me. Some of the things he told me, I couldn't even believe. I listened to him. He's my friend. But I couldn't believe. How's that even possible? It was either six months or a year later that I came across some tapes by a woman, a sister, who had been a Catholic nun in Mexico. And she lost her freedom. And the things that she began to relay were the exact same things that Joe Garcia was telling me. So now I'm going back and rehearsing in my mind all these things that he had relayed. And then I, I heard this woman tell. And I literally sat in my office in Puyallup for three days. Listening, hearing, hearing, receiving. And then... I knew God was taking me into a prayer meeting. It's not something you initiate on your own. You have to wait. And so I am waiting on God with all of this information that I've heard and I've received. And then one night in the church by myself, I went into an intercessory prayer meeting. It didn't last longer than 10 minutes. But I knew that in that short time, God gave me his word on the matter. And I spoke it out. Now, listen to me. It's all out now. But this all happened before any of it was out. About the abuses... And the atrocities connected with the Catholic Church. I was driving down I-5 in Linwood when the radio came on and the news report said that the 175th person had come forward. The prayer meeting was before anybody had come forward. But I knew that prayer meeting was going to affect something and uncover it. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I would ask you, how much? And I I almost sat there in disbelief, having forgotten because it had been a year when this report came out and it it was report after report. And so now you've, you've listened to it over the years. It has not stopped. There was a tremendous uh, documentary put together called spotlight about what took place in Boston and the Boston globe and everything that came out there. And the list of names was just amazing. Now, listen, I'm just, I'm just telling you, this, is, this was an experience, all right? Now, with the grief that I've been feeling, here's one thing that I've done. I have not watched news, all right? I've brushed it off. I'm not, I'm not scrolling everything and seeing what everybody's saying. I don't care what everybody's saying. I don't, don't want to hear what everybody's saying. I want to know what the Lord is doing. And so I have waited, and I have waited, and I have waited, and I have waited. I got a, uh, something sent to me today by one of my son-in-laws. Uh, that an attorney was speaking. All I have prayed was is that everything that was dark would be uncovered. And here's what I noticed happened uh, yesterday. I was listening to this. Broadcast and at times during the broadcast, I was driving my truck. I was going for a load of hay I would feel that intercession come over me. I Would just simply begin to erupt in prayer in my truck There seems to be uh, a Link with the grief that I've been feeling and carrying and the intercession that I'm feeling to pray. I know I've got this thing over here with my wife and her family, but it's, it's all of, it seems to be crossing over each other. This is good teaching tonight, Brother Flowers. The importance of our relationships, male and female, husband and wife, husband and wife. I hadn't even remembered how those were written about calling the two of them Adam. Why don't you stand with me? if you uh if you hang around very long you you're going to hear us talk about receiving the baptism of the holy ghost the necessity of a life in the spirit becoming we are spiritual beings but it's the gift of the holy ghost and his gifting being operative in our life that brings discernment Intercession, in my opinion. And these things are all critical to our, our well-being, our spiritual well-being. I, I used to hear somebody refer to somebody as a, an intercessor. Well, you know, so-and-so, they're an intercessor. So-and-so, there's an intercessor. Well, I wouldn't call myself an intercessor, but I intercede. As the Spirit of God leads me, I intercede. I don't practice a profession of intercession. It's the Spirit that maketh intercession. And so any Spirit-filled believer, in, any, in my opinion, in any time, can yield himself to his Spirit of intercession... To impact the world around us. This is how we live. This is how we have peace. We have peace with God, knowing He can accomplish anything through one man, through a believer. Don't stop in your pursuit of God until you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then don't stop there. That's the beginning. Amen. If you've got questions about it, ask the questions. Find out. Praise God. Elder Flowers. Lord,
1: we thank you for being here with us tonight. We thank you for speaking to us tonight. God, I thank you for all that you've done for us, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to continue to grow and walk in the things that you are sharing with us tonight. Jesus, we want to be submitted to you and we want to be used in your kingdom. Lord, we make ourselves available to you and the work that you would do through us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Greet one another.